thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. I am so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. I tell you what, we're going to have us a good time. We know how to have a good time, right? And no better time than around the Word. Amen. And we say as you're listening to today's teaching, release your faith. Put into action. Decide I'm going to do exactly what I'm hearing taught. Amen. Because when it's in line with the Word, it'll bring great blessing to your life. We've been teaching on the mind and we're going to start with our golden text that we've been using. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. So look, God has already given us. He has already given us power, or we could say anointing, authority. He's already given us love, His love, and He's already given us a sound mind. It's part of our inheritance in Christ. So we have to know how to rightly handle these things that He's blessed us with. We have to know how to rightly handle a sound mind. Amen. We've been looking at Romans chapter 8 in verse 1. It reads, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, that describes us. We're walking after the Spirit. We're letting our Spirit take the lead. What The life of God that's in us, the ability of God. Do you know walking in the Spirit is letting the nine fruits of the Spirit dominate you? It's letting everything that God has blessed you with in your Spirit to dominate you. That's what walking in the Spirit is. Amen. Just letting your Spirit take the lead. Your flesh not taking the lead, your flesh not dominating and directing you, but your, but your spirit. And it says not only that, but it says to those of us that were born again, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. This lets us know God's not using condemnation. Condemnation is not the flow of God. It has nothing to do with how God moves. Condemnation is an enemy to your faith. Why? Because condemnation will cripple your faith. It will hinder your faith from working. Mm -hmm. Condemnation is a sense of failure, a sense of shame, a sense of regret, a sense of, of I'm not this, I'm not that. It points to weaknesses, faults, and failures. God's not doing that. God lifts us by His Word. Listen. At times, do we miss it? Yes, but if we miss it, our our own spirit convicts us of that. Why? Because our spirit has the life of God in it, the nature of God. And whenever we go against that nature, 
whenever we go against that life, then that life within us will convict us. Mm -hmm. Our own spirit is convicting us. But when it convicts us, we know how to correct it. I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to go to that place anymore, you see. That is when we're going against that life that's in us, we're convicted. I shouldn't have done that. I'm not going to do that. I repent of that, Father. Once you do, you see, there's no condemnation in that. That, con- that conviction, it lifts you. But condemnation points to what you're doing wrong and shows you no way out. It robs you of hope of anything ever being better. That's why people who live under a sense of condemnation have no joy, have no peace. The peace is in them. The joy is in them. But that, that condemnation has swayed them away from the flow of peace and joy. Why? Because it'll rob you of that flow. And that's why you can tell when someone is under a sense of condemnation and they can be under it more or less, you know, they can be under a great sense of condemnation or just carry a tainting of it. But either way, it doesn't belong to the believer. And God says when it's to end, he said, therefore, there, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Now is the, is the deadline (laughs) on condemnation. Now, no more of it. And this is, the, this is a sound mind, mm-hmm. not permitting condemnation. This is a renewed mind because uh, a sound mind belongs to us in Christ, but because we have a sound mind, we must renew our minds with the word. Amen. And to have, to live under a sense of guilt, condemnation, shame, regret, all of this stuff, it will rob you of your faith, but it, 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 uh, it draws you away from the sound mind that's yours in Christ. Amen. Amen. So we have to be doers of this, of of this sound mind, meaning this when a sense of condemnation comes, when the accuser of the brethren reminds us of our weaknesses, our faults, our failures, where we've missed it in the past, what we haven't done that we should have done. When that comes, we have to be a, we have to act on the renewed mind and and talk to it. Say, I'm not yielding to that. The blood of Jesus The blood of Jesus cleanses me of all that. Amen. Amen. Uh, The renewed mind holds to what the blood did for you. The renewed mind holds to what the word has done for you. The renewed mind holds to who you are in Christ and not who you are in the flesh. Condemnation is thriving on who you are in the flesh. But we don't, we don't, we're not living by the flesh. What's it, what's it say? We don't walk after the flesh. Yeah. It's not yeah. about who we are in the flesh. Yeah. Right. It's right. about who we are in Christ. Good. Yeah. Amen. 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 Why does the devil seek to point us in that flow of condemnation? Because he knows that he's no match for the blood. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I tell you what, when you are washed, because once you've confessed and every, every believer, you, when you were born again, the blood cleansed you. But if you miss it in this born again life, mm-hmm. you, all you have to do is repent real quick. The blood washes it as though it never happened. Yeah. The blood puts it back as though you never missed it. Wow. That's the destination that the blood places you at as though you never missed it. How would you live if you never missed it? What would you believe God for if you lived aware as, as though the blood has made you as, as you never missed it? 
How would you live? I tell you what, we'd be a lot bolder. We'd be a lot bolder to lay hold of things. But see, condemnation cripples the hand of faith. You go to use your faith, go to lay hold of something for God and the devil will remind you of where you missed it and then people will draw back. Because uh, condemnation is an enemy to your faith. Condemnation will rob you of your miracle. It'll rob you of your healing. It'll rob you of the the flow of prosperity that's yours. Now, I want us to look, excuse me, I want us to look further at 1 John. We were looking at this on a previous episode, but I want us to go back to there. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, and this is, he's talking to Christians. Mm-hmm. You never could, you know, once, uh, before you were born again, you couldn't remember all your sins to confess them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't have to confess every sin you've ever done to be born again. That's right. That's right. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. That's what you do. You call on the name of the Lord. You never could remember every sin enough to confess it. So when he says here, if we confess our sin, he's not talking about the unsaved man because he can't confess all his sins enough. He doesn't remember them all. (laughs) He's talking about, he's talking to Christians that if you, if you confess your sin, confess it to God, say, God, I missed it right where you miss it. Stop right there and say, father, I missed that. I shouldn't have done that. Be quick to repent. Be quick to repent. And then you don't give an open door to the enemy. An open door comes when we're slow to repent because sin opens the door to the enemy. We're not back under a curse, but we're giving place to the devil. See, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. But in Ephesians 4, 27, Paul said, neither give place to the devil. When we sin, when we miss it, we give place to the devil. But if we repent just as quick as you can, then that door is closed to the enemy. Amen. That sin is dealt with, washed away, cleansed away. So 1 John chapter 1, 9 said, if we confess our sins, now look at that, it's conditional here. If we confess it, if we act like we didn't do anything wrong when we did, we hurt our fellowship with God. We injure our fellowship with God. But if we confess our sins, can I say, can I say this? To have strong faith, take ownership of where you did it wrong. Take ownership in the sense of don't try to blame someone else. That's what I mean. Say, you know what? I did that wrong. I should have done that wrong. I tell you what, if you'll take your, if you'll take that, that's a mature response. When you miss it, I shouldn't have done that. That was my fault. I shouldn't have done that. Father, I repent. I tell you what, you'll end up with strong faith. Repentance is a strong man's action. You understand that? Repentance is a strong man's action. It does not show you weak because you acknowledged you did something wrong. It takes a strong man. It takes, it takes someone uh, fortified within to say, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I, I, I missed that. I ask you to forgive me. I ask God to forgive me. That's what a strong man does. A weak man pushes it off on somebody else to carry. But if we confess our sin... Uh, he is faithful. Look at this. He is faithful. Once we do something, now he'll do something. He is faithful and just. What will he do? He will forgive us our sins. Not only that, he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Once it's clean, no more debris of it. No more remembrance of it. No more shame of it. No more, no more guilt of it. No more. No more. 
Because it's clean. It's clean. There's no sign it was ever there. Amen. 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 Now, remember we, in the previous episode, we won't take time to read it just for time's sake. I'd love to, but then I end up using all my time over and over again in the different episodes. But Mark 11, 23 and 24, Jesus was telling us uh, these wonderful truths of, of what faith will accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Mark eleven twenty three. he's basically telling us, talk to things, they'll obey you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say to the mountain, be removed. Then verse 24, he's saying, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. So verse 24 is telling us how to get our desires met. Mm-hmm. Yes. Verse 25, he says, and forgive if you have ought against any. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Forgive if you have ought against any. This is real important because sometimes we're quick to forgive others, but not quick to forgive ourselves. In in all honesty, that's where I tend more to hold on to what I did wrong rather than what somebody else did wrong. You know, uh, and I I refuse to hold unforgiveness towards someone. I just refuse to. I make that decision before someone wrongs me. I don't wait until they wrong me to decide if I'm going to forgive them or not. I decide to forgive them before anybody's ever wronged me. Why? Because forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling. Well, I just don't feel like I can forgive them. Well, quit walking by what you feel. Decide to forgive them. Decide. But that's where in the past I've had to work on because I, I tend, you know, I, I, I want to be quick to forgive people and I choose to be quick. But sometimes I've had to deal with forgive myself. Why? Yeah. Because I live with myself like you live with yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know where your flaws, your yes. faults, your weaknesses, yes. just because we're a minister doesn't mean we have less flesh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we still had to keep our flesh under mm-hmm. just like you do. Yeah. And you're acquainted with all the places where you tend to slip, where you tend to sin, where you tend to miss it. You're acquainted with you more so than anyone else. And if you're sincere, and if you're sincere, you're honest about yourself, right? Yeah. And so you have to become skillful with 1 John 1, 9, believing it, being a doer of it. That if when I confess my sin, he's faithful, he's just, he forgave me and he cleansed me. So when we don't forgive ourselves, we're, we're doubting that he forgave us. If you really believed God forgave you, you wouldn't be holding it against yourself. We have to be doers of the word. And like I said, if you have all to get, forgive if you have all against any, because you have to forgive for your faith to work. So what I mean is this, that it's good to forgive others, but you've also got to be quick to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Being quick to forgive yourself does not mean treating yourself with uh, a soft hand. And what I mean by this is being permissive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, or treating lightly your sin. Mm-hmm. We don't treat it lightly. Mm-hmm. We so don't treat it lightly that we repent of it because yes. we know mm-hmm. the damage. Listen, sin costs Jesus everything. Yes. We don't treat that lightly. Mm-hmm. When we, when, you know, we don't, we're not, I, I don't, I'm trying to say it in a way that gives it right expression, but we just don't, we're not careless. Mm-hmm. When we miss it, we say, Father, I, I repent. I, I missed that. Instead of saying, instead of saying, well, you know, God forgives me. You got to forgive me mm-hmm. and just be flippant. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's wrong to have that flippant yeah. right. attitude. Yeah. 
Because sin cost Jesus everything. And we're not flipping about that. We're sober about that. But we still don't get under guilt and shame because his blood, his blood paid the price for it. And we honor that blood. Honor the blood. Don't honor what you did wrong. Honor the blood. You honor what your attention is on is what you're giving honor to. Don't keep your attention on your past and where you missed it and what you did wrong. Don't honor it that way. Honor the blood that's great enough to wash it and cleanse it. Amen. Amen. Now, like I, I said this previously, forgiveness is a decision. Yeah. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's something you decide to do. We forgive others based on that decision of the word. We're going to be a doer of the word. Yeah. You say, well, if they'll repent, I'll forgive them. What if they never repent? Right. Yeah. What if someone that did you wrong never comes to you and repents? Yeah. You're waiting on the wrong thing, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Jesus forgave us even before we repented? That's right. Yeah. Sure did. Amen. That's the flow of forgiveness. Amen. Because when you forgive them, you know, you know this, it, doesn't, it does more for you than it does for the one who wronged you. It keeps you... Why? Because unforgiveness keeps your faith from working. You want to forgive them quick, 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 because you want your faith to immediately work. Amen. Amen. But you need to be that quick to forgive yourself. Like I said, not flippant toward having done wrong, but quick to forgive yourself too. Amen. Go with me to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Now I want to, I want to give another illustration um, about forgiving someone, that forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a precious woman. I only know of her, of course, through, I can watch some old uh, video footage of hers, um, you know, on different outlets, media outlets, of of, a woman named Corrie Ten Boom, her and her family. I believe it was in Holland. I could be wrong about that, but I believe it was in Holland. During World War II, they helped hide Jews. And um, it was found out that they were doing that. And so they were arrested. They were thrown into concentration camps as well. Her dad, her brother, her and her sister. There were four of them at the time thrown into concentration camp. Her dad died a short time after there. He was uh, in his late 80s or something like that. He was a much older man. Um, But Corey Ten Boom, her and her sister were in the same facility in a concentration camp. Her sister was much uh, weaker than she was and they put him to forced hard labor. And um, because her sister could not keep up with the amount of labor and the intensity of the work, that she was not producing the amount of work that they thought she should be producing and she was on several occasions beaten for that. And they, uh, Corey Ten Boom watched them beat her sister. And you can imagine to watch that is, is horrific. And um, her sister ultimately ended up dying there in that concentration camp. Uh, just a couple of weeks or so, shortly after her sister died, Corey Ten Boom herself was called into the office. And she didn't know why they called her in. And when they called her in, they handed her her papers and said, you're dismissed and just sent her out the door right then. 
A week later, now she was in her mid-50s, I believe, at the time. A week later, they killed everyone her age. So mm. she was delivered from there a week before everyone her age was killed. Mm. And they dismissed her there. She's in Germany, you know. Um, and they, they, don't give, they don't give you a place to go. She's, she's been uprooted from her homeland and everything. So they dismissed her. She just wandered the streets. She she's got no money. Her health is broken down. Uh, she was in, in the concentration camp for 11 months. Three months she was in solitary confinement. Um, so you can imagine physically her health is broken down and she's wandering the streets and a woman finds her and takes her in and nurses her back to health. And then God gave her a commission of things to do. And she went all over the world preaching the gospel. And it was precious. She said she would go to prisons all over the world and uh, churches and preach all over the world. And her message to them was this, no, no matter how deep your darkness, God is deeper still. Amen. That there is deliverance and help for you. And his love is deeper for you than anything that's been against you. And um, one day she was preaching a message in a church and she was standing with the pastor after the service. She had preached the sermon. She had given an altar call. People had gotten saved. And she was standing at the exit door with the pastor and they were shaking hands and greeting people as they were exiting the building. And this man comes up to her, tears running down his face. You could tell the power of God was on him. He was so blessed by the presence of God. And he said, Sister, thank you so much for your message. He said, I got born again. I am, thank you so much. I received Jesus. He's my Savior now. And she looked at him and she goes, He's familiar to me. Where do I know him from? And it dawned on her, he was the guard that had beat her sister in that concentration camp. And she said, All of a sudden, feelings of hate. Not from her spirit, but from her flesh. Feelings of hate wound up. And she said he held out his hand to shake her hand. And she just, she said, I just was so overwhelmed with those feelings of hate. And she said, Jesus, she said, in myself, these feelings that I have toward him, I don't want to forgive him in my feelings, but I choose. I choose to let the love that's in me forgive him. What was she doing? See, you, you can either yield to your flesh or yield to your spirit. It's a choice. And if you're going to go by what you feel, you're going to yield to the wrong thing. And she said, Jesus, I choose to forgive. So I'm willing, I'm willing to have your, you to forgive through me. And she said, the moment she said that, the love of God that was in her, if you're born again, that love's in you. You don't have to pray for it. It's in you. She said that love, see, she yielded to it by choice, not by feeling, by choice. And she said that love that was on the inside of her sprang up. And she said, just such a well of love just sprang up, a rich flow. And looked at him no more no more ill feeling toward him. No more. Wow. Because that love washed it out, you see. What she yielded to dominated what yes. she felt. Yes. And she said, I looked at him and she said, I loved him. Wow. Now see, that's not your, the human love doesn't do that. Yeah. That's the love of God yeah. yielded to. She chose. She made a choice. And she said, I stuck up my hand and said, brother, I'm so glad we're family. Wow. 
She never mentioned to him what he had done. Why? Because when someone's forgiven, we're not authorized to remind them. Amen. That's, that's a, a true, strong picture of the greatness of the flow of the love of God that forgives. Amen. First John chapter four, verse 16. I want you to read this with me. It says, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. Look at these words. We have known. Look at these next words and believed the love. How many times we have believed the condemnation? How many times we have believed the shame, the guilt, the regret? We believe the wrong thing. A renewed mind chooses to believe what God says to believe. Believe the love. I believe that he loved me enough to forgive me, to cleanse me. And... uh, Don't be quick to believe the accusations. And you say, but I did those things. We're not talking about what you did. We're talking about what his love did for you. Not what you did wrong. Believe the love. God so loved the world that he what? He gave. Love caused him to give you something. What was it? He gave you his son. He gave you the blood of his son. Amen. Believe the love. If you're having difficulty, because sometimes people have spent years living with their remorse, their regret, their shame, their embarrassment. These, These words are all the flow of condemnation. And sometimes people have been entrenched in that for so long that they have dug a hole so to speak, mentally. They're entrenched mentally in this flow of condemnation and guilt. This verse right here, along with the other ones, I mean, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no, no condemnation of those who are in Christ. You need to say that. You need to confess that over your life. Answer those thoughts of guilt, shame, condemnation. But here's another one to answer it with. I have known And I believe the love that God has to me, to me, to me. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be quick to believe the accusation. I'm going to be quick to believe the love and what love did for me. Amen. Quit believing the enemy that hates us. Believe the the father who loves us. This is the action of a renewed mind. This is a sound mind. These are the thoughts of a sound mind. Believe that once I confess my sin, that he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me. I believe that. I'm not going to doubt it. If I don't forgive myself, I'm doubting it. If I don't forgive myself, I'm not believing the love. Amen. Listen, we got, we got to deal with these things. We got to deal with these things. Why? So that it doesn't rob us of our faith and of our fellowship with God. Well, we've been teaching out of this book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. I tell you, it'll be a help to you. We want you to get your copy. You can go to DufresneMinistries.org. Let us know that you want to get your copy because you've got to hear these things, especially if you've been in a way of thinking that has been so long, you've got to retrain that habit. Amen. Give yourself the right habit of the word. And until next time, remember, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies' conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.